Hi, I'm here on the seafront on a lovely Monday morning with a fair bit of fog around. Hey Tony, how's it going? Just waving at some people from boss. And I've bumped into a runner, and your name is? Uh, Russ. Russ, it's lovely to meet you, dude, and sorry Thank to interrupt you. your run. Uh, just wondering what you're doing today. What, what, what distance are you running? Uh, so I'm going for five miles. I try and do five or just over five every other day just to keep myself fit. Okay. Get some fresh air, blow away the cobwebs, that sort of it's thing. It's lovely, isn't it? It's, there's yeah, no better yeah. way to start the day, is there? No, especially on the seafront, a day like this. It's, it's, it's gorgeous, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Although yeah. you can't see the Isle of Wight today. I think it's no. quite, uh, quite foggy. No. So what are you training for in particular? You've got, like um, you said, you've got a half marathon maybe? Yeah, I'm looking at maybe doing the uh, the London half marathon, which is in April. Okay, yeah. The Vitality one. one. That's the one, yeah. I haven't put in for it yet, but I'm thinking I might do it. It's just trying to fit it around work and stuff. Okay, yeah, obviously uh, the training's uh, it takes, takes yeah, its time. Yeah, so I'm just trying to gradually increase my miles. I started off doing three miles back in March, and I've just built it up to five. That's um, brilliant. Just trying to watch my injuries and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, an ongoing battle, that. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt your run and I hope uh, you enjoy okay. the rest of your run. Take Thank care. You. Cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Um, I know it's only been a week since the last episode. Um, however, it is the show's birthday week. And what a better way to spend it than to get another show in. So, uh, as always, I am your host, Daniel Del Piccolo, and today, drum roll, I am here with the one and only. <laughs> nice of you, David Harvey. Um, but done, it's your birthday, and I've got my guitar out, so would you like a heavy metal birthday? Oh, or, dude, you, you or, promised us, and, you del- and you're delivering. Yeah, do you know what? I don't know how to play happy birthday, so I'm just going to play some chords, man. Like, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear the Portsmouth Running Podcast, happy birthday to you. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> as, Thanks, as, dude. I have almost no musical talent, so. <laughs> That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Hey, listen, I, I, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't actually know yet. And, and I know we've, we've mentioned it before, but they may have missed it, that your band do the intro for the for the podcast, which is yeah. great. I think, yeah, I think we spoke about that in the, in the past, didn't we? But um, yeah, it's a song called One Thing's Clear. And we sort of came up with it on the spot where I was like well into blues at the time. So I'd, I had these like little blues bits that I used to play. And I thought if I if I heavy metal up a little bit of blues, what would it mm-hmm. sound? And we came up quite quick, quickly with one thing's clear. And it's so catchy, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a good tune. It's on um, it's it's on YouTube, but the the chorus is quite quite spicy because it goes one thing's clear, I am who I am. Don't like it, fuck off. You know where the door is. <laughs> <laughs> a spicy track for sure, and I think the music video is even spicier, dude. But uh, no, it's fantastic, and you you've definitely got the musical talent there. And thank you so much for the. Uh, the little serenade of, of happy birthday for the show that's that's yeah. fantastic well maybe for the next one i'll actually learn how to play and how to sing so yeah <laughs> okay well you you got a year so um, yeah so start now yeah <laughs> listen dude how are you keeping man how's your how's your week been because obviously it hasn't been very long since we we last spoke oh i'm all right man um just been just been doing the usual working my day job um running as much as possible and actually like this this last i went for a massage with tracy last week and mm-hmm. it feels like really really good and i've been myself to foam roll every day okay 
for me, like, you know, I'm, I'm a bag of spanners most of the time. So for me, that's quite, quite good to kind of <laughs> Dave, I was going to ask you on that on that phone rolling thing because you, always, whenever I speak to you, you always seem to kind of be in these these kind of like good routines and stuff. And I know you've got you've got Michelle, fantastic Michelle, that Michelle Maxwell coaching to to help you kind of I guess advise you on how to stretch. And you've got Tracy that you see regularly. But if you're going to do like a foam stretching routine, like you're sat in the house or something like that, how long do you actually spend um foam foam rolling? And and what do you do on like each on each bit of your muscles? And do you just do you just foam roll when it hurts? Yeah, so what what I've tried to get into is uh, whack on a decent horror film, which because okay. um, we quite often talk about horror films, don't we? Um, we do. Catching up on the the latest cheesy ones on Amazon and stuff. But yeah, got on a film, and what's happened is sort of halfway through, I go, oh, well, I'm a bit bored of sitting here, so I get on the floor and roll my calf muscles um, for a couple of minutes each, and then just sort of go up the legs really. Okay. Um, get a spiky a spiky ball in the piriformis which i think um emma bird taught me about about getting a getting a nice hard ball in that in the bit between um i think it's called the the greater trochanter which is the top of your your hip and um mm-hmm. between your sort of s1 joint where it's so there's quite there's a muscle that give you a bit of. i know of, the one yeah oh been that's, to get, that's that's pretty painful yeah it's good though it's good though yeah. How are you anyway? All good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm I'm pretty good. I think I was I was pretty whacked and rinsed yesterday because we managed to after a few weeks of, of kind of almost running silence with, with the lockdown and everything going on, um mm-hmm. and injuries and stuff, we, we got to catch up and I'll tell you what, boy, you thrashed me on that run yesterday. <laughs> I was I honestly thought I was not gonna get through that even that first rep because the the rep the reps were pretty long and I think they were quite pacey as well. Um yeah. In fact, I think yesterday we we somehow managed to go faster than we'd normally go for a session like that. But oh, wow, really? I was um yeah, I really struggled to keep up and obviously couldn't could just couldn't finish that sixth uh, yeah. rep with you. But you but you have had a had a bad leg recently, so you know it's I was really surprised that you gave it a crack anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, I know it was it was probably pretty stupid to to try. But the thing is, like, I wanna I wanna also just just push the body a little bit just to see kind of where it is and and so far today it's been okay but i think mm. i'm feeling a little bit like um, a bag of spanners as you as you put it just now it's um it's a really good way to put it so i'm yeah. hoping to do i'm actually doing a lot more stretching recently at home and um, which is good um it's similar to you i'm sitting down in the evening we've got um, a series on at the moment called which many people may have seen called the hand handmaid's tale which is just bleak yeah. and and horrible yeah. but um i tend halfway through to kind of start stretching on the floor and yeah. I've got these little videos on YouTube that um some of the I mean there's hundreds of them you can find now but there's there's quite a quite a few good uh, PTs and stuff that've released videos and a few videos from from Kenya as well okay. uh, from some of the stretching routines that the Kenyans go through which are just brilliant so I just watch these videos and just stretch on the floor. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, it seems seems to be all right. I've started recently because um, I've got into a little bit of a bad habit of drinking quite often and looked down and started to see my belly just sort of started gaining <laughs> beer belly and yeah too much wine too much beer because just in the lockdown there's there's just been nothing to do so mm. kind of bad habit of having a drink in the evening so, yeah and you find it, you find it really does it really does hit you does it you can you yeah. can start start seeing a change in your body yeah so the other day i was um on youtube and i just i remember watching a film years ago that was about this kind of like crazy homeless guy that got in a got in a car with someone as a he was a hitchhiker and he was saying that his way to make millions was like seven minute abs 
or six minute abs. So um, typed in eight minute abs and found, I think it was a Joe Wick thing. Okay. Where um, it was just like an eight minute ab workout. Um, I think it was something like uh, eight exercises done twice with 10, min- 10 seconds rest in between. So I did this and I expected it to be quite high intensity and it was so easy. So I thought, ah, well, okay, let's let's look for another one. So the next day looked for another one and there was this like, he was, he was either Polish or Russian, built like a brick shit house. Yeah. And did this eight minute abs thing and literally by the end of it, it felt like I'd been shot in my stomach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. And I was like, just sort of tens- tentatively getting myself off the floor thinking, oh my God, how am I possibly gonna move anywhere today? Wow. But recommend it, it's worth giving a go. And okay. then had another go at an 80s one this morning, which was quite good fun. You know, oh, yeah. people wearing proper spandex stuff. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. I, I love videos. Like that. that reminds me, the other night I came across a, I think it was like the 1984 Disco World Championships video. <laughs> and it, it, right. um, I must send you a link to it. It's just hilarious. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So listen, um, interestingly enough, um, in the in the world of running, which I, I, I tend to kind of read articles about, you know, late late at night and stuff when I when I should be sleeping and, and recovering. But um, I saw that the the half marathon world record fell last weekend. Oh, um, yeah, it? the men's new world record sits at 57 and a half minutes. What? <laughs> for, a half, for a half marathon, it's, it's, it's madness. Who was that then? It was um, a Kenyan runner. I think his name is um, Kibiwat Candy, and, and he ran it at the Valencia as part of the Valencia Marathon weekend. So it was. Um, I think they did a half marathon race on the is same day. Quite, is he quite young? I, I don't know. I don't know much about about the runner himself, but the, right. the pace was like. I think it's like four twenties or something a mile, which is. He's got bright. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but there was also like another another record as well that, that kind of popped up on the side of of the article I was reading, which was the the fastest mile run while dribbling a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah. What was that then? Faster well, than. Take five. a guess. Take a guess. Five and a half minutes. Four and a half minutes. What? <laughs> what for a mile? yeah what? yeah i'd be keen to see the video actually because it, it might that must be one hell of a juggling act yeah that's that's amazing do you know what that's that's quite interesting so i was watching the rugby the other week with um my friends my friend dave and um he said that uh, someone had told him that if if you can't kick a ball um and can't or can't pass a ball with your hands or can't catch a ball then all you do is run so I think that somewhere along the lines, I could neither catch or kick a ball. So which I run, so there's literally no chance that I'd ever be able to probably even run a 10-minute mile doing a basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to walk and do it, you know. <laughs> Maybe you just like you kind of like bounce it once really, really hard, so so it kind of like zooms off into the into the into the distance, and then you kind of run to catch it and then bounce it again i i I don't know how it works but i've got i've got to see the video so i'm going to try and dig that up pretty good well yeah interesting records but um so listen we've got a we've got an awesome interview uh this week with um a runner i I think you've you've probably heard of um in the ultra running scene um and also just because he's he's so damn speedy is um paul navesey okay 
And yeah, it was great to chat to Paul. He's recently been invited to run the Olympic trials, which uh, yeah. are going to take place in March. But yeah, no, su- super chap. And obviously living living local now, he's um, he's running in and around the Portsmouth area. So yeah. I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll probably wish everyone the best for Christmas. Certainly yourself as well. I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. And listen, I also wanted to just thank you again for you know, coming on board and, and being a part of the show. Cause I think it's, you know, you've, you've really brought something, some, some good fun and good music now to the show as well. <laughs> nice of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, dude, all the best. I look forward to catching up soon. And uh, of course our Christmas day dip, hopefully yeah. if that goes ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, we normally head out for a park run on Christmas day, don't we? So, mm. um, well, that's not going to happen. So we'll have to do some social distance running down the seafront and then jump in the sea. And hopefully sounds good debbie down there as well and we can finally get in for, uh in for a swim with debbie yes that would be that would be amazing i'll have to find out what, what they're all doing down there but um yeah listen take care look after yourself regards to to heather and catch you soon take it easy hi everyone i'm very pleased to welcome onto the show this week local runner coach and i think elite runner would, would be best described um paul Nevesi. hello paul welcome to the show how are you doing today Hey Daniel, I'm good, thank you. Um, I don't know if we go as far as elite. We'll have sub elite. <laughs> is it is it is it sub or elite? I, I, and I wasn't too sure when I wrote that. Um, I think I don't know. I think sub elite. I can run moderately fast, but still go to work. So. Well, I, you know that that's all relative, isn't it? Like moderately <laughs> moderately fast for you. Um, yeah, some I'm sure a lot of people would disagree there. Um, based on your on your last uh, run last weekend, which you had a good result at. That was back at Goodwood. Um, yes, this is the first race for a long, long time actually. So yeah, it's good fun. How was it um, being back at races for you? Was it like a different experience to to before COVID? Um, it felt pretty normal, to be honest. It didn't feel okay. much different. Um, I I kind of like the start system. I think it was uh, it was quite good. But I get that if you're racing, racing, you it, it's all gun time. So like I think it's hard to tell people they're racing by chip time. But for for mass events, do you know, what? I thought it was actually pretty good. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I've, I've I've had similar experiences. You know, a couple of events that I've done uh, since since COVID kind of came around, and yeah, I kind of thoroughly enjoyed them and, and thought it was pretty normal. Obviously, there's a few things that you that you kind of pick up here and there, but um, you know, it seems seems all right. Just just good to be back uh, back racing, I guess. That's it. Is, yeah, yeah, it's great. Very yeah. Good. So um, so listen, welcome welcome to the show again. This is this is actually the first official birthday show of the podcast. Uh. The show, the sh- I guess the show is one year, one, one years old in human age, but 33 years in podcast age. So I'd have brought cake given you. Oh, man, that would be such a great idea. And I, and I used to do these podcasts actually in person. So um, I used to get people over to the house um, or we'd meet somewhere to, to record them. And, and a few times people bought cake and biscuits along, which was quite nice. So I'll tell you what, take a rain check on that and then we'll, we'll get together for cake at, at some point after a run in the future. Sounds good to me. Excellent. Um, so something I've been asking, obviously, most of my guests in 2020 is, um, how have you found the past year? And, um, you know, not just training wise, but but just generally with um, with everything COVID related. Um, with everything COVID related, I think I realized pretty much straight away that I just like to pop out and do things a lot. Okay. <laughs> There's lockdown and I couldn't just nip to the shop whenever I wanted. And so I think that was my, I found out just how much I just pop out of the house. But um yeah, my my work is obviously personal training, so I was doing a lot from home. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was actually quite. It was actually really really good in terms. It was a catalyst for a move straight down with Rhiannon. So once they announced lockdown, I did seven days at home, um, kind of isolating, and then and then moved here. Um, yeah, now I live here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, so, I was... so yeah, it was incredible. It was. Um, I mean, in that in that respect, it's that's like 
that's the, by far the best thing to come out of out of covid so um brilliant so yeah that's really good um for, for those who don't know um who were listening to the show last week's interview was was with your partner Rhiannon Dunlop you just mentioned um and wasn't her story just incredible like uh, you know a, a story of like huge confidence building and getting through nasty nasty injuries and, and stress fractures and and I guess like with the help of her coaches and, and yourself too, she's, she's now running so well. So it was, it was really great to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's done incredibly well. She's got a, uh, <clears throat> well, I guess she's my, my motivation bit as well. She's got a lot of drive. So, mm. yeah. <clears throat> no, it was, it was very apparent on the show. It was, it was really great to, to chat with her. But, but this, and this is all about you and your, and your story, Paul. And I guess before we, we get into it and, and how you started running and, and racing, um, I believe you're gearing up for some big training because you've recently been invited to run the Olympic marathon trials. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. So yeah, we've just got the invite um, for the 26th of March. So they're holding a Olympic trials at Kew Gardens in London. Okay, that's amazing. How, how did you find out? Was it was it an email or a telephone call or just just curious to find out how that process works? Yeah, so they emailed. I I don't know. I believe it was around. 40-ish people um they, they set a standard of sub 219 for a marathon or sub 64 30 for a half marathon okay um, and then they they contacted everyone who had those standards and offered them a place then i think we had until 7th of december to, to accept it and then they're going to move on to a wait list but they're only i believe there's only going to be a field of 30 men 30 30 women okay all right. Is that something that's televised or is it just kind of kept as a, as a relatively small event, low key? I don't know yet, to be honest. I think, um, I don't know how, how much of an audience it would attract. I mean, it's just a, sort of a handful of people running around a garden. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think they'd have some work, their work cut out to try and make it fascinating. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I don't know if it's going to be um, televised or not. Yeah, it's 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 amazing sometimes how I guess like like you said it's a relatively small event and you're not sure how many people would watch it, but I'm sure there's so many people out there who are going to be following runners like yourselves and you know who who know them or through family or friends or, or running clubs. Um, and I remember with the I, I was kind of following the U.S. Marathon Olympic trials because there was so much hype around um, Jim Walmsley being being in the trials this year and yes. it was just it made it made it so exciting. There was so much hype on the internet and yeah, it was it was quite a good good kind of race to to watch yeah i love the way they do it i always think the u.s trials system is really really good um mm. i think it can be pretty cruel and it certainly probably looks a little bit more cruel in sprint events where you can miss out by tiny tiny amounts but i think in a marathon you know it's going to be relatively clear cut and yep. um yeah i think the way they do it's very very good there's no ambiguity there's not a case of oh but this person here ran this time in whenever it was at this race so they might go or this person might go it's well you know the first three over the line where you go yeah no, absolutely um so listen on on that topic of the marathon trials and guess i guess it would be a good chance to for the listeners to kind of give an idea of, of where your where your own running is at and perhaps maybe i know running's not all about pbs and stuff but it, it certainly gives everyone an idea of how you run but i've got here that your just a few of your pbs 5k time of 1407 mm -hmm. uh and, and correct me if any of these are wrong, by the way, a 10K time of 29.33, um, a 10-mile time of 53.10, and your marathon time of 2.17.16. Oh, and also a 100K time, and that's right, everyone, a 100K of 6 hours and 58 minutes and 52 seconds. That's that's excellent. I mean, that, that's incredible. And I'm looking forward to kind of digging into to a few of those PVs and how they came about um so yeah some incredible running there but before we get going any new skills or hobbies that have been picked up during lockdown 
Uh, skills or hobbies? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I attempted a little bit of baking with some, I think everybody attempted some baking with <laughs> yeah. mixed success. Um, no, but yeah, no, no specific skills or hobbies that I've, I've picked up. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I ask is just, you know, life patterns have changed so much and people have found they've had so much more time or, or like you say, you know, even just picking up the baking skills and stuff. So no, no successful big chocolate cakes or uh, no future uh, bake-off appearances or anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I think I, we kind of picked some moderately healthy ones and then I made them far worse as we, as we went along. There was, yeah. uh, tried to find some, some healthy one-ish on, on, online and I ended up replacing the healthy parts with sweets. Yeah, so, yeah, I was going to say healthy cakes. How is that possible? Well, they're not actually, yeah, healthy. And it's not even really baking. I don't think I baked a single thing. I, I, well, I think you just put the ingredients together. So I don't know yeah. if it even counts as properly baking. But yeah, so I did a little bit of that. Otherwise, brilliant. So. Cool. Good stuff. Well, I think what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of climb into this this kind of pretend time machine and, and head back to 2010 um, or maybe just beyond that. But um, I wanted to to really find out how, how on earth the running journey began for you um, and has has kind of like as, at an early age um, was life all about sport and fitness for you or or was the running literally just kind of like a sharp introduction to to fitness and and, and how did it all come about um I've always been pretty sporty but like at school I did um plenty of plenty of sports I think I played on lots of teams um but I never really did heaps and heaps of running, to be honest. I just did all the sports because at school on sports day, if you were doing an event, you didn't have to be in a lesson. Um, ah. So when it came to sports day and I was sports captain, I just gave myself every event. <laughs> so I could spend two days out uh, doing events and things like that. Um, okay. So yeah, I was kind of very active, but I wasn't specifically running. Um, and then I got into running. I did, I played football for a little while mm -hmm. when I was younger and stopped at about... 15 I think 15 16 and started doing go-kart racing which is like wow um, yeah so I did a little bit of that and then started doing endurance events with it which is like 3 6 12 24 hour um and part of that was like there was two of us in a team and we had to be a similar weight so around I don't know, 2009 2010 um I just started jogging just because I needed this kid to kind of lose a couple of kilos just to make it a little bit easier and kind of efficiency when we were driving okay that's interesting yeah. so it's almost it's almost like ultra karting is there a, is there a word for that yeah well yeah it's just called endurance karting yeah yeah okay team so like when we say 24 hours it's not one of us for 24 hours it, we'd have a team of probably at least three or four okay and uh, i believe you read a certain book um it was a book about about running that kind of first kind of maybe brought on a fascination for some of the some of the bigger and longer running um can you remember which book that was that you read? Uh, yeah, and I, I, to be honest, it's a book I'd probably not go back and read again now, but I read Dean Carnesis's book. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I read his book and it was kind of like, I don't think, there's lots of it that um, I kind of was like didn't really absorb, but I liked this idea of just, um, I don't know, just enduring, just, mm. I don't know, just a really hard, hard effort. And I think he... In his book, he glorifies it very well, so you end up oh, yeah. kind of, of loving it. Um, I was I was yeah, really fortunate enough was, to. Yeah, ultra, uh, ultra marathon man, I think it's called. Yes, that's that's right. Yeah, is is that the one with the ever so famous that everyone always mentions pizza eating, but near the beginning, where he's having a pizza. Yeah, that's where he orders a pizza and a moped meets him on a highway somewhere or something like that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 
That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's, he's become well known for that story and he always mentions it as well. <laughs> yeah, see that, that bit was like, I remember that part because obviously it's quite distinctive. But I think the bits that got me were like his story of him, like, you know, he may, I don't know if he's exaggerated or not, but like crawling back into his car, trying to, I think he was trying to um, qualify for Western States. Mm-hmm. Um, and like crawling back into his car, you know, having attempted to qualify for it and things like that. And I just thought that, you know, it just sounded very, very testing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it sounds like um, almost you've got you've you've had this fascination with the extremities of things that you're into. Is that is that like a fit? Would that be a fair assumption? Like being uh, fascinated yeah, with the endurance yeah, side of it. So, yeah. Okay, I can I can completely re- relate to to that in a way because the I, I read a book which inspired me to kind of um, get into the into the longer running, and that was Born to Run. Um, reading about Western states oh, and, and Scott Jurek. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've read that as well. It's... Yeah, I, I remember first, I was, I was literally lying in bed one night reading this, and, I, and I, when I first saw these 100-mile mountain races, are people, are people crazy? There's, there's no way people could be doing that. And it just kind of planted the seed, and, and I've, I've kind of always had this fascination with you know, endurance, doing things, to, I guess, to the limits, and, and whether or not you can do it. So, yeah, I guess I can kind of relate to that, that story quite a bit. So Yeah, I think it's a good way of, like, I know if you you know, ran a hundred meters or you cycle a 4k time trial on a velodrome or something. I'm fairly sure you take everything out of you, but I think like true, true endurance sports, um, that's not fair. I'm not saying cycling is not a true endurance sport, but yeah. like that extreme end of it, I think you kind of, you're left in no doubt, like, you know, you are, whether it's mentally, physically, you feel completely trashed at the end. Yeah. There's, there's no feeling like finishing. I mean, I know we're going to speak later a little bit about, um, your your rocky raccoon hundred mile experience and i know at the end of one of those events um there's there's no feeling quite like um finishing that distance it's um it's a true kind of emptying of the tank i think it's fair to say yeah yeah agreed yeah but like you say you know you get that with shorter events as well and that's um yeah that's a that's a crucial point as well Um, i think you just rinse yourself a little bit more intensely under those under those circumstances Uh, so i guess in the first few years you ran for crawley athletics club um is that right when was that under the guidance of a, a particular coach or just um just joining in with the group so I basically, once I, um, it must be late 2010 or early 2010, um, I decided to join a club because, you know, I had kind of had a little look around and I thought, oh, in the UK, that seems to be the thing to do. You know, you, they have quite a big club system compared yeah. to other places. So, um, yeah, I was torn between like Hayward Teeth or Crawley um, and Crawley had a track and I just kind of assumed you need to have a, you need to run on a track to be a good runner. So okay. and I, I joined Crawley. Um, yeah, and I, I went into their endurance group. With, um, so I wasn't directly coached, but it was led by um, a guy called Pete Bennett. Um, okay. And yeah, he was incredibly helpful in terms of getting me into running and structuring. Like, you kind of just learn a lot, don't you? Like, there's lots of knowledge oh, yeah. from either from him as a coach or just some of the, the guys that you meet there. Um, so yeah, I mean, he didn't directly coach me. Um, not in the same way that Alison does now, for sure. But yeah, he had a good influence on me. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I've noticed that. Um, you know, I've not been a member of a of a running club really myself ever. So um but I but I have been along to a few evenings and it's very apparent that you can although everyone is not individually coached, um those coaching sessions are, are kind of general. Um every mm. night you go along to a club night and yeah, it's amazing like the tips and stuff you can pick up and you can really I guess you can you can like you say, you can learn so much just from being in those in those group situations, which is great. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. 
Um, so I guess we're kind of moving on now to, to I guess, 2011, 2015. And actually, before we do that, um, there was one quick, quick question I wanted to ask you. Was it apparent back then that, that you had this kind of like natural ability or, or maybe like a little bit of raw talent with, with the running? Um, were you running particularly well compared to some of the other, other runners in, in the clubs? Or, or, or how, did you, how did you feel with the running? Did you feel like it, it could go somewhere? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't even think about it much at all, to be honest. Um, certainly in those, those early years, I just kind of turned up, did, did, my, did my sessions, and I wasn't running much at all in the week. Like when I look back at it now, like my naivety was incredible, um, you know, as we'll soon find out when we get on to talk about events. But yeah. no, I didn't really notice anything. Um, I just kind of turned up, enjoyed it, and, and did my training. So yeah, I didn't really think anything would happen okay. um, in terms of, you know, you always want to progress. But at that point, you're never, never looking at like big goals or representing counties or countries. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But in, in 2011, which is pretty like really close after you after you started um you ran you managed to get a place in the london marathon and i think you you said that you got that through through a club place um and you ran a, a really good time with 252 which um which was that a surprise to you that you, you'd done so well or again was it just okay i've run the london marathon and that was my time yeah so that was it I, you know i run the london marathon that was my time and i look back now like i i just wore like a, a Casio watch, I had no idea on pacing, um, and I remember finishing it, and I was, I thought, oh, this is that's incredible, you know, I'm so chuffed with that, that's brilliant, and uh, I was with um, my my sister's partner ran the same race, so we it's out of interest, we went and looked back at splits because obviously it's chip timed and things like that, and I just looked at it and thought, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you were a bloody idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think it, it was one of those races, like it was really, really tough at the end. Like I, I felt completely worked. And I think that mm. was my, um, I don't know, I, maybe I just had this sense that I could just tolerate being discomfort, just uncomfortable for a, a period of time. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I was very pleased with it at the time, but I look back at it now and just think I was so so naive like i didn't check splits i didn't do anything that i do now so okay i, I guess girls. <laughs> yeah so how, how were your splits then obviously if you said you were suffering at the end there you must have gone out at one, at one hell of a blistering place yeah i can't remember exactly um i was i think i went out around i don't know 235 pace or something like that oh. for the opening 5k and probably closed the last 5k in about four four thirty five pace or something um yeah, it was a it was a gradual decline across the day. Yeah, yeah. I've had one experience at London, um, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a very good one. I I just got back from Australia and uh, on holiday, and I decided to go off with some mates the next morning and run the London Marathon. So I had a place, and yeah, it didn't go well. So at some point, I need to go back there in the future and and, and fix that and actually enjoy the experience. Yeah, because it is such a good race as well. That's it. Yeah. In terms of, I know there's people who like. Kind of they complain regularly about not getting into London. And there's the whole answer. There's loads of other marathons, and there are loads of other good marathons, without question of a doubt. But I do also appreciate that if you're going to do one marathon in your lifetime, um, mm -hmm. like London does feel very good. So, yeah, it's very very iconic as a race, and uh, yeah, one 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 definitely to do if you're going to do be looking at doing marathons in, in your life for sure. Yes. So uh, moving on a little bit, and obviously I would like to speak about um, Alison Benton as a coach, um, and. I think Alison runs, is it, is it AB training? 
Yeah, that's right. AB Training Group. Yeah. Mm, okay. So I guess this was like maybe a real turning point. It certainly seemed like it was a real turning point in your training. Um, and, and we've moved across now to about 2015. Um, you had some impressive runs before that. And, and perhaps maybe we could speak about that. Well, we, we could actually speak about it for ages. Um, but I did notice one of the races that you did was the Centurion Southbounds Way 50. So clearly you'd kind of run a marathon um and now you decided to you know to, to start the ultra running which is you know pretty soon to be to be ultra running and, and but you you did really well i think you did you win that race i did yeah yeah i won yeah. that one that's amazing i think you had a 6 11 28 if i've got it right um obviously yeah it was around there i couldn't tell you the seconds i think 6 11 is right though <laughs> yeah i think i, I saw a, a, a race report saying that you had managed uh, an 88 seconds around the track in eastbourne which equates to about sub six minute pace which is amazing yeah, yeah. i think it was well at that point you're very relieved to finish <laughs> so yeah. yeah 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 for sure well that's an incredible result and um, especially so early on and, and breaking into the ultras but but obviously um talking about alison benson who i just mentioned um she now coaches you how did you come to meet alison um and and join the ab training group um so i met alison i think the first time i spoke to alison was at a one of the sussex league cross countries and i'd met a couple of the guys in the group before um, like I spoke to Howard Bristow a bit, and um, he's one of the, the, the original original athletes that Alison coached. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was hugely accommodating. There was a couple of us kind of joining the group, um, and they typically train out of hope. But she set up a session on, um, I think it was on a Wednesday night in Crawley. So we would go up to Crawley, and there's about four or five of us would train there with Alison as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, met her across country. She set that up, so it was an extra, an extra evening out of her her week where she was driving from Brighton to Crawley. Um, yeah, and eventually we all kind of moved down and just met them in Brighton and, and went from there. So okay. it's, yeah, 2015, a little bit of time in Crawley, and then we've just been training in Hove, Hove with Alison from, from then on. Brilliant. And I always like to um, find out a little bit about people's coaches and stuff. So I, so I did some digging around, and, and I believe Alison's be, been involved um, in athletics from, from like the age of 10 um and she herself has been a former gb junior international um yeah indeed yeah yeah and yeah so yeah. she's got, got some got some results and, and accolades to her name as well she has yeah i think she, did she still have or she only very very recently lost a three thousand meter irish record i think ah did she i think what i read was that she still held it but it's possible that it, that it may have gone yeah since 1984 or something yeah yeah i think potentially it went last year or earlier this year it, was, okay. it has definitely gone. It's only very, very recently. Wow, that's amazing. Pr- pretty impressive running as well. Um, so can, can you explain a little bit about, um, obviously, meeting Alison, how your training changed, um, and, and I guess how, how valuable that's been, um, especially at, at that time when you had some, I think you'd set some self, yourself some goals of wanting to go sub-16 minutes for 5K, um, and also aiming to, to enter the British 100K Championships. Yeah, so when I met Alison, I'd, I'd already entered the, the 100K. Um, okay so i kind of when i met her that's that was my the first thing is was, was oh i'm actually i've entered this 100k i'm gonna be running it in march i think it was um so i'd like to prepare for that um and then we kind of sat down and had a chat um yeah and then i i said look, my my long-term goals are well short term is obviously 100k and i'd love to break break 16 minutes for for 5k um and then i remember she was like, oh, okay what you know and what would your running career look like later and I said if I could break 30 minutes and 220 for the marathon 30 minutes for 10k and 220 yep. for the marathon that I'd, I'd retire happy from running <laughs> okay um, so yeah so there were my initial goals I kind of went in with 
like I've already entered this 100k so um, she was going to help me prepare for that mm-hmm. um, and when I said I wanted to break 16 minutes of 5k she was kind of she kind of laughed oh well we can do that next weekend if you want <laughs> so, oh, really? so yeah and I did it very very quick I think the first 5k I ran after meeting Alison I ran 15 24 15 23 oh. um, so yeah that was only a few weeks a couple of weeks in so that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I, I guess like as a coach, I'm finding out that, you know, obviously somebody new who, who maybe you're still forming the relationship with wants to run a hundred K at the British championships and then also go sub 16 minute with a 5k. Is that not something that a coach goes, well, 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 hold on a second. You know, you, you can't, you can't have a short and the long at the same time or, or was Alison pretty like, you know, confident that you, that you could do that? No, no, she was pretty open to it. And that kind of her philosophy on training fits in with, with like pace based training and things like that. So we were doing lots of reps that would, um, would kind of complement my, my 5K time. Um, and it was cross-country season as well, so we did lots of cross-country type stuff. Um, yeah, the only real difference at that time, like my training's changed a little bit since then, was, was my longer runs. Okay. Um, I was doing lots of kind of back-to-back longer runs or like midweek long runs and things like that. Mm. Well, based on what you first told Alison, that you could retire after hitting those, those things, you should officially be retired from running now, yeah, Paul? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I, well, I don't think I said I would retire. I said I could retire. <laughs> um, so if I didn't, didn't do another race, at least I've got some times that I'd be kind of satisfied with. Yeah, runners are never going to retire. That's uh, it's just runners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, there would be a nice day. Though. I look forward to a day where I can just be a training partner or something like that, where the stress and the pressure isn't on me. I can, you know, if it's raining in the morning, I can stay in bed and things like that. Uh, see, running in the rain is the best thing. I, I think it's great getting out in the rain. You're right. You sometimes have those mornings where you don't want to get out. You're right. But um, yeah. <laughs> Listen, in, in 2016, um, I think you mentioned just now that you you, you kind of obliterated those goals really um, by running 1523, as you mentioned, um, as a 5K. But you also came back from the 100K champs with two first places um, for the team and individual. You must have been absolutely thrilled with uh, coming back with those results. Oh yeah, it was because it was my, I'd obviously done a couple of ultras before, but it was my first 100k on the road. Um, so yeah, to win it and and for the team to win as well um, was obviously very, you know, yeah, it's, it's a huge thing. It's very exciting at the time. Um, there was kind of a lot of pressure because I wasn't in the team initially and I didn't have a qualifying race. Um, and I, I contacted the selectors and said, look, you know, I'm going to be running. I've entered the race anyway. I'm going to be running under seven hours if, you know, is there a place on the team? And um, so, yeah, I didn't have a qualifying race, but they kind of took a chance and selected me. Um, so, yeah, I was fortunate enough to run it with, with the England vest, but it was quite likely that I was at one point that I was just going to be running around as without being part of the team. So, yeah, coming away with the first place for myself and a team medal was a big bonus. That's amazing. And I must have been uh, pleased that they, they kind of made that decision and, and you'd written in as well. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I, had, I sent them my like my whole training build up i sent them everything i was going to be doing um and yeah fortunately they selected me fantastic absolutely brilliant so so just i'm just out of curiosity uh, what's the, the kind of format of the race and, and where is it held etc is it is it um is it kind of like a, a 1k loop of a park or, or something like that yeah so it moves around uh, it was this year the year i did it sorry it was in perth in scotland okay um and it was around i think it's called north inch park it's about two just over 2k around so it's about 42 laps 43 laps um and it starts really early and you just basically jog around a park <laughs> until <laughs> until you're done 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it is actually relatively low key, but I think each nation sends four, four males, four females, plus there's an open race. So there's quite a few people there. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just an early start and it's just laps, laps of the park. Um, which isn't too thrilling, but you know, in terms of logistics, if you're a team manager looking after four people who could potentially be, you know, kilometers apart at some point in a race is mm. much more manageable on a small loop versus out on a road somewhere where you could be, you know, a long time before you see the next athlete. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean there. It's, it has its advantages and, and, and disadvantages probably mainly for the person running and having to see the same terrain over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember they counted down from 10 laps and they're like 10 laps ago. And I was like, that's really good. 10 is not a lot, but it's still a quarter of the race. <laughs> exactly. I was, like, I was like, can you not count down from three, <laughs> yeah. you know, when there's only six, seven K to go. Um, I don't think it's possible yeah. to look, to look on the bright side at that point in a race like that at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, oh, it just made me chuckle. I was like, you really have to count down from 10. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, laps is, is brilliant. You've, I had a, you know, had a great crew there. James, who organises Centurion events, my mum and dad, sister, Drew and Cleo who help out. Um, they were all there. So they were brilliant. Just So it's basically every 10 minutes, someone handed me a gel or a drink. Um, okay. So yes, it's... That I, guess you, I guess you didn't have many gels um, for pudding afterwards, after that race, because you know, I guess you were a bit sick of them. Oh, they gave us it was, they gave us an Easter egg after we finished, and they ate the Easter egg straight away. Oh, um, lovely! <laughs> but yeah, after that, it was straight for pizza, like proper food. I always have a craving afterwards to want to brush my teeth, like taking lots of the gels and sweets. By the end of a race like that, I just want to brush my teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. They're kind of it just everything feels furry and it's horrible. It's like oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not nice. I think um, I think running is probably um, would be would be dentist's worst nightmare because you're kind of just filling your mouth with sugar all, all the way through the day. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, swilling around and drinking it. That's it. Yeah, just just out of curiosity, you know, Paul, for somebody who's done uh, you know the hundred k champs uh, at at those kind of paces and and obviously come away with with that first place, what what kind of what kind of pain caves do you do you go into during those? I mean, was is, is it? I obviously you 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 you're kicking you're obviously kicking off at a pace you can handle, but that's got to be sustained through the race. So, so how, you know, what's that like for you? So I have to be honest with the the hundred k. My experience of it was, I I I think the marathon is the one that by far has has felt the most challenging in terms of discomfort and everything for me. With the hundred k, you never really like I was never ever out of breath, but it was just like seven hours of my legs getting progressively more you know, like aching more, I guess. So mm. by the end of it, like you're not, it's just like real deep fatigue in the legs. Like there's no, it's just, yeah. Like you said, if you've done any of the longer events, you'll know it just gets hugely uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So you're like inherently probably pretty dehydrated. So every kind of step just gets a little bit more uncomfortable. Okay. Um, so you're running all, all within yourself. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Uh, you just, I guess you're just running more within yourself um, for a longer time. Yeah, yeah. And obviously just the sheer amount of steps and the, the impact of, you know, what you're doing is just a bit that takes its toll. Mm. Um, so I guess it can almost be a little bit more, I, I guess, frustrating, in the, you know, like I completely see how the people in a 24 hour race just must lose their mind because obviously they're capable of running so much quicker, but they're probably just, you know, completely beat up <laughs> and yeah, exhausted, like, like tired, not physically kind of like they've run really hard and 
are struggling to breathe and are but just like tired for being out for so long. So yeah. um yeah, I wouldn't say it's kind of like pain pain, but it's yeah, he's really enduring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've had a lot of a lot of success uh, at at the marathon distance as well, um, which I believe um after the hundred k champs may have become a bit more of a of a focus for you, um. But you you did allude when you sent me some information about your running to the fact that you it, it may have been the start of a period where you felt like your body was taking a bit of strain. Um, so, so can you take us a bit through a, a bit of through how you coped um, with the training, the marathon goals, and also like kind of kept your your body going through all of this. Yeah, so I, Alison, I you know I would argue Alison's up there with probably the best marathon coach or in the country. She's certainly hugely capable. Um, so yeah, you know after the 100k we switched switched to marathon focus, um, and so we went straight into kind of a marathon build up. But there were certain points where, you know, my body would always break down. Whether it was doing like the stuff that was making me really really fit mm-hmm. was also seen very detrimental to to the body and picking up a couple of injuries um so yeah i mean in terms of dealing with them at times i deal with them well at other times i deal with them with them very badly um yeah so we ended up actually kind of progressively changing the training to suit you know my body and keeping in what uh, makes the adaptions i need to make but doesn't break me down um and we kind of hit on that i i was supposed to be running berlin marathon i think um okay. and i kind of broke down again in training da, 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 and i said this is you know it's just getting hugely frustrating and i just run we went out and did a, a tempo on the seafront and i just run 14 30 something i think for or 40 something for 5k and we went and did a tempo and it, we went through 5k and i don't know like 17 10 or 17 20 can't remember what it was and that was me done i was like couldn't run another step and i was just i couldn't i couldn't figure out what was wrong mm-hmm. um so every time we got into these like this kind of build-up it's just didn't work um and i was getting very frustrated like i was got i got a big not grumpy allison but like grumpy myself i guess and you know yeah. i wasn't enjoying it so we switched to frankfurt so it was the very first time i did frankfurt and i think i've been back twice now so i went yeah and we were like, well, we'll get off road and we use a brilliant trail called the Downs Link, which runs from Shoreham. It goes all the way up to St. Martha's in Surrey, but we only use kind of the bottom third of it, quarter of it. Um, and instantly within, you know, six weeks, I went from barely being able to hit a marathon session. I think around 2.23. Um, yeah, 2.23 at, at Frankfurt. And we kind of had this eureka moment that like actually, you know, running only two sessions a week, a couple of long runs um, and some good tempo work is just what my body reacts reacts to and I adapt well. And more importantly, I don't break down. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we kind of hit upon that just through like, not trial and error, but kind of adapting how we, how we went about our training. Um, and I think that's good. Like Alison, she obviously had her approach and it works and she, she'd proven it works. You know, we had Kev who'd run 218 um but it didn't quite work for me um and so yeah once we adapted that it became much better amazing i guess it just goes to, goes to show you know what what a coach can can inject into your training and how how i guess allison's um plans and stuff just worked really well for you so it's that, it's that magic that magic coaching yes yeah yeah and it's like you said you know it's training training with your body and not against it is is the key 
Um, so yeah, once we got that, it was it was much better. That's good. So you were down to two two twenty three for the marathon then, which is blisteringly quick. Wow, that's um that's pretty incredible. You must have been pleased with that. Was was that result a, a good one for you? Was it a, was it a surprise again, um, or was it something that you perhaps maybe felt you could have gone faster on the day? Uh, it was no, it was no surprise. I think I ran two twenty three thirty maybe something like that. Okay. And um, it was no surprise to uh, Alison because. Um, one of the other guys from from our training group, James Westlake, he had just run to 23.06 or something like that in in um, Toronto. And that was the Crawley Club record. So the first time it had been broken since like 1978 or something. Wow. So before the race, because we've done the tempos, like we've done the long, long tempos, we're like, you know roughly where you are. Once you've done 30 or 32K at marathon pace, like you know roughly what you can run. Um and so Alison was like, well, it's going to be 2.23.30ish. And in my own kind of like stubborn way, I was like, I can't go out and intentionally run 20 seconds off the record. I was like, I'm going to try and beat it. So I set out and tried to run like 2.22.30 or 2.22.40. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I came up short. <laughs> so okay. like it was a huge PB. I think I'd run 2.27 before that at Stockholm. So mm-hmm. it was a good four minute PB. Um, and obviously I was hugely happy with that, but I was, I was a little pissed that <laughs> I missed the club <laughs> record. Um, so yeah, but yeah, you know, anytime you run, you pick a distance and you run faster than you've ever run before, you've got to be pleased with it. You can never be grumpy walking away with a PB. Can you? Yeah, for sure. And I guess, well, yeah, it kind of, kind of left you with maybe that feeling that, okay, I can go a little bit quicker than this perhaps maybe in the future, which, which is what you did because um, yeah. I, had, I had to, I had to almost put 2019 into its own kind of category here because yeah, you, you, I think you obliterated a lot of your times and yeah, it was a massive year for you last year. Um, so I think you, you, you smashed your 5K time, 10K time um, and also your marathon time as well um, by hitting those PBs that we mentioned earlier, mm. um, which is astonishing. Uh, but um, I think, could you tell us a little bit about those races and maybe particularly the Frankfurt Marathon where you ran your 217 and then maybe afterwards a little bit about the the Armour 5K as well because I've I've watched that race a few times myself and see how the cameraman kind of hangs out the uh, the back of a truck in front of all the runners and stuff and it look that looks like a really fast race yeah 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 we'll come to that in a second but, um yeah frankfurt was yeah frankfurt was really good so there was um obviously we went out as part of the england team there's i think there was meant to be four of us only three of us three of us went one one person pulled out um okay. but it's really really good event like it doesn't it's a city marathon obviously but it doesn't feel as doesn't feel nearly as big as like a a London or anything like that if you've done one of those but um it is a good race but oh my it's so bloody lonely each really? yeah you can just spend like forever by yourself so um but yeah in terms of an experience like it's um the start's located like within walking distance of god knows how many hotels okay. so um like you can you can leave all your stuff in a hotel you can just jog to the start um, the clocks go back an hour, so you don't even need to set an alarm in the morning. Like the whole race is actually really, really good. Okay. Um, the course is pretty flat. It can be a little bit windy, but um, yeah, otherwise it's it's a really good race. Um, okay. Yeah, I went out as part of the team there, and we had it's just nice to go out and have that experience of being treated like an elite athlete, and you know, not having to worry about where you're going to go and buy your dinner and things like that. So that's really, really good. So they look um, after you really well. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, the food there is all really nice. Like you get a nice room in the hotel. It's close to close to the start. Um, so yeah, it's all really really good. Excellent. Um, 
and then yeah the race itself is um so yeah there was three of us ended up going out and like i i ran the first the first 5k and the last 5k at frankfurt so twisty like you don't really know where you are you're just turning <laughs> left and right like cutting through like high streets and things like that um and i set off with the I think I set up with the lead females, so like lots of the African females, and they had a couple of paces. Um, and the paces seemed to be doing a pretty good job. Although one of the women, I think she got quite upset with her Garmin. She threw it about 2K. She took it off and threw it to one side. Threw it? What was going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Must have lost signal or something. Yeah, she just took it took it off her wrist and threw it. And I thought, okay, well, she's obviously, she's going to put some trust in these paces then. Um, wow. Yeah, I ran with them for about 3 or 4K. And I don't know if it was the paces then struggling with, the GPS or something, but it was kind of a bit stop-start, and lots of people congregate around them um, because obviously their paces. So lots of people try and get there because they assume they're going to be reliable. Yeah. But it, just, it could turn into quite a stress. Like they were just picking up more and more people. Um, wow. So in the end, I kind of just I pushed on a tiny bit to make sure I was still kind of on target. Um, and yeah, pretty much from then on, it was by myself. So it was a long, long haul by myself. Um, and then yeah, we got to around. You know, must have yeah, halfway would have been. Had a couple of people with me before that. Um, one of the chaps who ran Brighton, he called out. I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, I remember he he had. So you get kind of different levels of um, kind of support, and we were really good. We had our bottles um, in certain places, so you can grab your bottle with your gel. Um, and ours are really clear. They're like spaced out, and I think his was there's like Elite A, Elite B, and his were on a table that were just kind of bundled together. Oh, um, no. And so I was just kind of, well, what's in your bottle? He's like, oh, it's just Morton. I said, well, the same as mine. Like, don't stress yourself and like tripping over people, trying to get to your bottle. Just like drink. No, you couldn't do it today. <laughs> um, I was like, Look, just have this. My, mine's mainly there as a water weight anyway. So my okay. cough doesn't blow away in the wind. Um, so yeah, you know, we had a couple of people just, like, so that was kind of nice to kind of just pass some time and run with someone there and, and share good. a bit of it. But then after that, like approaching probably 15, 20K was yeah, just by myself. And I think I went through 20K in 68.50 or something like that. 68.55, somewhere like that. I think it was just under 69. Um, and I saw Alison there. I think I'd seen her once before that, but I saw her there because um, I think she'd ridden out and I'd seen... Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I saw her about halfway, and then she was like, "Well, you know, it's kind of oh, it's just a tempo effort now." And <laughs> so yeah, I spent the next the, the last whatever it was, um, K by myself, just running to to pace. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a relief. We do lots and lots of that in training, so yeah, um, it felt relatively uneventful from there on in, just kind of running by myself. Um, and I caught quite a few people at the end, which is nice. Um, and including the lead lady, actually. So I got a bit of screen time as I ran past the lead lady. <laughs> hey, brilliant. Um, so yeah, but which astonished me because I, I thought I was running quite quick and she was miles ahead of me. So she must have gone off super fast. Um, okay. Was there yeah, lots the of, um, in, in that race, Paul, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Was there lots of confetti and stuff as the, as the winners came through? Uh, oh, it's quite a cool finish. It finishes in like a, in a hall. So you go ah. into like a... Um, a finish hall and it's got like a big red carpet and it's all indoors and um it's a very very cool finish yeah so yeah there may have been confetti i don't really remember <laughs> um but yeah you do run into it's called like their festa haller or something and it's, it's okay. a big it's a big hall with flashy lights and things like that. it looks like a little disco when you run in nice 
did you um did you know that you were on target in, in fact what a better question may be um what did it feel like in that last mile when you kind of seen your watch if you, if you had one on um and you were thinking crikey i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hit 217 here that, that must yeah, have felt really so good when i when obviously through halfway i thought wow this is gonna be close like to it'll be close to a pb i was running basically 218 pace so i knew i needed to kind of pick it up and I got to, so you, I kind of just ran by myself for the, and I could see from my watch, I was like, well, I'm on pace. I'm going marginally faster. So this could be a small negative split as long as nothing goes wrong. Um, and then I got to the last part. So I think at about 37K, it's the last 5K you get back into like the main built-up city bit. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I actually, I feel quite good. And I saw um, Rhiannon there as I came into the thing and she was kind of shouting. So that's kind of a bit of a boost. Brilliant. Um, and I felt pretty good. And then I was... So, yeah, as we went round, I could see Aaron, who was running, one of the other English guys, and I thought, oh, you know, I might, I might be able to catch him. And with about 1,500 metres to go, 2K to go, um, you run parallel back to the course you'd run out. So there was okay. people running out as we were running in to like the last couple of K, and someone shouted for Aaron and then immediately shouted for me afterwards. Oh, yeah. um, I think it kind of woke him up a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, right. yeah, he kind of... Uh, I, and once he realized he kind of was like well no i'm not gonna get caught now they gave the game away paul done yeah and i was oh why'd you have to tell him <laughs> but, um but yeah then after that with like a k to go you look at the watch and well you know it's gonna be you know exactly what it's gonna be you can only run so much faster in that last k even if you really really try mm, um that's true but um, yeah it was really good and like to run you run basically up a long straight road before you turn into the the hall um, so it feels hard because you can see a good 800 meters ahead of you. Um, but yeah, obviously I had you know Rhiannon, Emma, Russ, Allison all there, so it was a good bit of a boost to finish. And yeah, it was quite nice to share that with everyone. Absolutely brilliant. I think I, I, you know in researching for the for, for this podcast and stuff, I I try, you know I try to find race videos and stuff. And because you finished you know in 2:17 uh, incredibly, and and I I did watch the finish, and I think I saw I think the lady's name was Val, uh, Valerie was her name who won who won that ra- the race that year and the reason yeah. why i asked about the confetti is because i remember seeing her go through the finish line area and there, there was just all this confetti just fell from the ceiling and it was all like a it was all like like, like you said almost like a disco going on or something it was quite, yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, well she probably got that because she won daniel <laughs> that, that is that is true yeah not everyone is going to get the confetti yeah. <laughs> i mean i'd have appreciated confetti but i don't think i was deserving as she was <laughs> <laughs> i think you were i think you were there yeah Brilliant. So, so listen, t- tell us a little bit about, um, about Armour then, because um, Armour is a race that I'd never heard of until um, a friend of mine who used to run with me at, um, at work, Roger Pullman. I don't know if you've ever raced against Roger, oh, Roger Pullman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's up in, uh, runs with Highgate Harriers, and, okay, and he, worked, yeah. he worked with me for a little while, and he told me about Armour. Um, and obviously, I looked into it and stuff and watched a few of the videos, but that looks like one serious 5K race. Oh, it's, um, like, it's a race that I don't think I've ever experience another one like it mm. it's it's just off the scale and i think you know i've used the phrase a couple of times and i'm fairly sure it was um i think it was my friend robbie that came up with it it's just the fastest queue you'll ever see <laughs> it's yeah, uh, i could imagine yeah like they they put i think it was about 200 people on the start line and everyone is packed trying to get to the front they fire a gun and you just can't look at your watch you can't do anything it's just it's pretty wild yeah um and I remember doing it and I didn't really know what kind of shape I was in. I'd been doing lots of marathon training. So I was like, well, I'll just go out and just try not to get dropped and see what happens. And just every time 
like we got kind of I got a bit boxed in at the start but then once we got to like the back of the front group my only aim was if anyone drops off just I just wanted to be the back of that queue as I don't care how many are in front of me as long as I never ever actually get detached from that that group that's chasing the car I should run quite fast and um yeah I had no idea what pace I'd run how fast I'd run until I saw the clock at the finish line um yeah that was mind mind blowing really but it's such a it's such a race like they just have it's just i think it's four and a four and three quarter laps of them all um mm. and the hotel there is like really accommodating so they and it's the race is about eight o'clock thursday night so the okay. whole scenario it's just a load of athletes waiting around to go racing um but yeah when it gets going it's super quick like the women do a 3k that's always super fast yep. then they have the men's 5k and they have an open 3k as well i think it's amazing um, but yeah it's just like the level of athletes they attract and like the performances they get are incredible i think they um i heard somebody talk about it once saying that you know anything not sub 15 isn't really going to be on the board at all or, or, or noticed in that race which is which is amazing oh it's crazy how how the time stack up i think last uh, earlier this year i went i didn't run so well this year i think i ran 14 29 I was about 70th. Wow. That's just amazing. <laughs> um, I think 100, like over 110 people broke 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. What the nerves like on the, on the start line of a race like that? Cause you, you just know that you're going to be in that pain cave the whole way. <laughs> yeah. So this is a different type of it. It just, it's instant, isn't it? It's yeah, like, wow, I'm going really quick straight away in terms of endurance event. Um, I'm, I guess I'm moderately fortunate and I don't actually get that nervous for racing. I get more nervous going training than I do going oh, really okay yeah yeah so like hard training session I'll get a bit nervous for but like by the time I get to a race I love racing so much I'm just not really nervous yeah that's the right way around to to have it at least but um that it reminded me I'm thinking about armor just now there's a race uh close by to, to where to where we all live which reminds me of armor a little bit and that is the Chichester corporate challenge if you've ever oh, done I've that. heard about this yeah I really want to do it it is fantastic such a good event and and I don't know if it's the same uh, or you found the same for yourself at Armour where you're in a fast race and, and you know, it kind of, I guess it helps pull you along really. But I, I had my fastest near 5K because it's not quite a 5K course. I think it's about 4.6K or something like that yeah. um, three times around the city centre. But I, I, I ran a time there where I thought if I just carried on a little bit and, and, and maybe maybe could have broken like a low 17 for 5K or something, but... Yeah, just, yeah. just being in that in that atmosphere and those and those runners around you really like pulls you on and drags you through crazy. yeah it sounds really good yeah rihanna's talking about it so it's a series is it three three of them yeah there's three races kind of yeah. near the beginning of the year so i'm hoping that they have it next year and, and you can kind of form these teams based around you know work or, or your club teams or whatever and just go yeah. along and they've got junior races all through the, the kind of early evening into the into the adult races which is it's just amazing really well supported as well no it sounds really really good so yeah, I'd love to go and do those. Yeah, sounds good. Well, maybe next year then. Uh, yeah. Paul, I was going to discuss just um, in interest of time, and I know that we could we could chat about all your races for, for ages. Um, something that we haven't mentioned uh, is the, well, we mentioned it very briefly earlier, is the Rocky Raccoon 100 miler that you ran <laughs> pretty early on in your in your running career. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, this is a race that's actually come up in a previous interview with um, a, a guest I had on called Russell Bestley. And okay. he had gone out in 2016 and run it. But I think you, you went out um, perhaps maybe with James Elson that year because I saw he was on the, the finish right. list as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about the decision to, to do a hundred miles back then and, um, and kind of where, where you were at and stuff and, and obviously how the race went? Yeah, I think I'd already done a hundred miles. I'd done Lakeland hundred up in. Oh, you in, had. Okay. Sorry. So yep. yeah, I'd already done a hundred. Um, and this one was flat and fast. Um, James was going flights to Texas are pretty cheap in February. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, everything about the race is just set up to be quite quick. So I thought oh, I'd go and have a go at, at running a fast hundred. Um, and it was an absolute calamity. I, it took me about 800 meters before I fell over for the first time. Oh, <laughs> Endless routes. Um, and that was just the start of the day. I think I lost count of how many times I fell over. But, um, but yeah, the running side of it was going okay. I think I let myself get pretty dehydrated. Um, I think this is one of the things that taught me, like I don't think I was ever like ran my best at ultra distance stuff because I never really learn to look after myself um, sufficiently in a race. But then I think those mistakes kind of led on to me doing it better in, in other events. So yeah, kind of a nice, nice learning curve. Um, but yeah, I, I fell over heaps. I did is 20 mile laps. So you do five 20 mile laps and okay. after two, two laps, I think it's about 40 miles in plus a half. So I was pretty much bang on halfway. Um, I was completely spent. I stopped at one of the aid stations. You could only do this in, in an ultra. Um, sat down and I just sat there for about two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez. Um, chatted to people. I ate an entire bag of M&Ms and countless <laughs> orange segments and just drank water, just drank, drank, drank. I got up and started running. I actually felt pretty good. I was like, oh, wow. So I was yep. running quite fast. Um, and then just repeated the process again. Didn't really look after myself mm-hmm. and um, blew up again <laughs> and kind of walked in. Although I did. I did have an excuse of I, I found some, there's a 50 mile race as well where the course is really slightly different. And yep. I don't think she anticipated being out as long because she didn't have a head torch and she'd missed a turning and was like miles out on the, the hundred mile course. Oh no. So I kind of had the excuse of, well, I can't really, can't really leave her out here by herself in the woods. So I was like, well, I'm having a terrible day. I've sat down for two and a half hours and I'm probably going to need to walk again soon. <laughs> so kind of just I spent a bit of time walked her back to or walk with her back to near enough to start finish area and then went out oh, and just, that's great like, walk, walk job to the final lap and my only goal on the last lap was not to fall over which I think I just about <laughs> managed so it was a real calamity like an experience like, I just didn't look after myself and you know if you don't look after yourself when you're going to be out trying to run for 15 hours or whatever it is you're not gonna it's not going to go well. Yeah, I know for sure. And I think nutrition is, is one of those, well, it's, it's, it's such a common story, isn't it? Running, running those distances that it's, it's one of the hardest things to get right. And um, it's, it's difficult to kind of tell when you need to feed yourself and when you need to drink. So it's one of those things that you just pick up in experience, I guess. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Heart, yeah, really yeah I was just saying, I think that's pretty much the story of my ultra running. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was an experience. So it was good fun. You know, I'd, I'd do something like that again, I think, but, Excellent. Well, that, that leads me on to the next, the next question. And I, I know we want to close off at some point soon, but, you know, obviously we've touched on the Olympic trials coming up um, and it's probably going to take like loads of your time and, and, you know, loads of your focus in the next few months, but do you have any uh, other exciting plans or races or, or times you'd like to hit um, in the future? So my, my marathon is going to be my focus. I just want to see what I can do at the marathon. Um, I don't know what the course will be entirely like at Kew Gardens, but I'd like to get there in PB shape which is definitely possible. Um, my long-term goal would be to qualify for the Commonwealth Games, um, which is 2022 in Birmingham. Okay. So, which would be a heap of fun. And then um, 
I, if I got the times and didn't get a place or just missed out on the times, however it worked out, I think I'd divert my attention to maybe kind of use the fitness and I'd love to like, like I wouldn't go back and do like, I wouldn't race rush back to a hundred miles, but I'd be tempted by like a 50 K or a hundred K and then just see what I can do there. Cool. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And then I become a training partner. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. What was that Paul? And then I'll just become a training partner. I can, (laughs) (laughs) you can get that retirement, that running retirement plan, man. Come on. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. Listen, if people want to find out more about your running and your training um, on social media and stuff like that, where, where can they find you? And also, could you give listeners a, a little bit of information about where they can find more about your coaching business and, and maybe tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, online, I'm on, I love Strava, so I'm on Strava. Um, and then all of my social media stuff's exactly the same. It's just Apple Navesy. Um, okay. My imagination is not strong and no one else has my name. So yeah. <laughs> that was nice and easy. Um, and yeah, the coaching stuff I started actually, well, maybe that's one thing I picked up over lockdown. There we go. Going back to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the coaching stuff I started just because I feel like I've, um, I've, I've learned quite a lot from being coached myself and I've, um, kind of from that adopted and built a philosophy on training and, and how to prepare for events. Um, and I just wanted to, yeah, I thought, you know, I could enjoy it whilst I'm studying my masters. It's, it gives me kind of um, a focus outside of my own running and my master's and work. Um, yeah. yeah, just to kind of work with a few people. And like through my job, I've obviously, you see people meeting goals and targets and it's very rewarding. So um, yeah, it's just brilliant. Just kind of took it up from that. So yeah, there you go. Going back to earlier, maybe that's something I picked up in lockdown. Excellent. There we go. So yeah, new skills. <laughs> um, have, you, have you got any coaching spaces at the moment? If, um, if people are interested in, uh, in signing up, they can just get a hold of you via the website. Yes, yeah, there's a couple left. Um, yeah, and it's, it's on Instagram as Paul Navesy Coach or paulnavesy.co.uk um, on the web. But yeah, there's a couple left. Excellent. That's great. Cool. Thanks very much for that. And uh, yeah, hopefully people can, can follow you and uh, take an interest in all those, those exciting future plans. Now, Paul, if you've listened to the show before, you know I finish with um, a few recovery run questions. Um, yeah. Quick fire questions, find out a little bit more about yourself. Um, so here we go. Uh, so I know you've done a few park runs before. Uh, what would be your favorite course that you've done so far? Uh, favorite course. I really like Hove Park. Um, okay. Kind of course. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. Cool. Can you recommend listeners uh, any item of kits or maybe even a film or a book or anything running related that, that, that you enjoy using or you've seen or heard? Um, I've done quite a bit of reading over lockdown, actually. But one I read before lockdown is Running with the Buffaloes is a really good book. I've heard that's been recommended before, actually. So that's um, that's definitely definitely staying on my list. Yeah, the Colorado cross country team is very good. Excellent. Uh, best post race meal, drink, or treat? Oh, pizza. Is it from from where? Or was it the homemade uh, pizzas? Oh, I, d- I don't mind. I wouldn't go for um, I wouldn't go for like a pizza or a Domino's, but yeah, a nice a nice pizza place. Excellent, brilliant. Um, a track or a piece of music you'd listen to in the final half mile of a race? Oh, wow. I don't really listen to music but when I'm running, but before running, um, one of my friends got me into a, a guy called Pigeon John, and he has a track called The Bomb, which is quite good. Um, or Kasabian Underdog, one of those two, maybe. Brilliant. Excellent. Cool. Uh, fa- have you got a favourite running route? Um, and I know you're, you're kind of new-ish to the area, um, in or around Portsmouth. Oh, well, I've got, um, over near Kingley Vale is really nice, or Idsworth. Um, I call them my Solent Girl Guides. Every Sunday, 
Rhiannon and her training group, we go for a sun, we go, I join them for their Sunday long run. So okay. they've been, we've been learning some new places through them, which is really good. Um, but yeah, Kingly Vale or, or Itsworth and Harting, that kind of area we've been out to is really nice. Excellent. Kingly Vale is a, is a place my friend goes to run a lot and he always invites me and I haven't had the chance to go yet. So that's going to go on my list as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Paul, if you could change anything in an instant right now about your running, maybe something you thought you could, could have done differently or anything, what would it be? And I know that's a really difficult question. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I would have started earlier. Okay. Interesting, interesting question. That's, um, yeah, I, I can relate to that as well. <laughs> Wish you'd found the sport earlier. Yes. Cool. And, and finally, is there anything you'd like to add about the running community down here um, in, in the South Coast, especially or around Portsmouth, just to kind of finish off with, or, or maybe anything that you want to add about running and the community and what it means to you? Um, uh, I think just like, kind of like we alluded to earlier with the club system and things like that, um, there's lots and lots of really helpful volunteers. So it's quite, you only have to look at, like I said, the clubs, park run and things like that. So yeah, obviously I had the advantage of, of knowing Rhiannon, but um, you know, I've been down at Mount Batten, everyone's been very welcome, um, welcoming. And yeah, I think everyone's just, you know, in terms of the running community, this seems to be, yeah, just pretty good. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just lots of people giving up their time and um, being very helpful. Very friendly sport, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. Paul, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and hearing all about your running story. Um, and I think it's been been like really unique in, in, in a way that you've just progressed so fast. And, uh, you know, more recently, how, how kind of high you've set the bar for yourself. So, so good luck with those future challenges. It's going to be exciting um, watching and especially, especially for all the local runners and listeners who've, who would have heard the show now to, to kind of hear and follow and see how you get along. So thank you for taking the time to come onto the show and wish you a fantastic weekend ahead. Nice one. You too, Daniel. Thank you. Take care.